Welcome to the Keeping Current Show with your host, Wayne Potter and Pam Brown. I'm Wayne Potter. This is the place where we talk about the ideas, issues, and trends that shape our everyday life. Pam Brown, co-host of Keeping Current, wants to introduce us to the many opportunities for work some of which require no degree, while others require special training, a certificate, or licensing. This information is essential during a period when many people are seeking to transition to some better work. On this episode of Keeping Current, Pam will introduce you to Adam Thorne Smith, nicknamed for his love of the Rose City, Portland, Oregon. Adam has had a lifelong passion for Portland and all things Oregon, a teacher, sports data scout, whitewater outfit manager, and travel writer. He's explored five continents and over 40 countries. Listeners might be interested in pursuing such a field and are welcome to contact him. You can find out more about him and other things. You can find out more about him on the Keeping Current website. Today, I'm with Adam Smith and... I met Adam on a tour. He was the most fabulous tour guide I ever had. And I know this because I've traveled around the world and I've had many, many different tour guides. And I love tour guides, but some stand out more than others. And Adam really stood out to me. And guess what? He was in my own hometown of Portland, Oregon. So welcome, Adam. And um, I am doing a series on what's so great about. And I thought, you're perfect for what's so great about being a tour guide. So can you just tell us how you got started being a tour guide? Well, sure, Pam, and thanks for all those kind words. You know, I ended up where I am by just a series of steps and coincidences. You know, I grew up in Portland. My first career was a teacher. I did that for 15 years. Um, I've always been very interested in travel myself, and I've traveled... uh, to 50 countries on five different continents, just like you. I've had many different types of tour guides. Um, I was actually a chauffeur before I had my tour guide job, and that company folded at the start of the pandemic. But at the same at the same time, I was already trying to pursue sort of a change to become more of a tour guide instead of just a chauffeur. Um, just by chance, I had been living by Oregon City and learning all kinds of history about Oregon that even I, as a local and a And a teacher and history lover and nature lover had never known. In fact, there's all kinds of history about Oregon that a lot of us don't know. Um, And it inspired me to become a tour guide in my home state. I had long uh, considered Oregon one of the best secret gyms on earth, and I still think it is. And now I get to be the guy to, uh, you know, tell all the secrets and make people fall in love with the state that we love. And Adam, what does a tour guide do? Tell me about just the business. What do you do as a tour guide? Well, I mean, the basic jobs, at least with the company that I work for, um, in general, you drive and you guide. So you are driving a vehicle with a group of people in the back. And uh, usually it's a mixed group. They're not all one uh, unified group. It's a mix of tourists. Um, And you just try to tell them as much uh, nature and history as you can. I mean, that's what I consider the basic job to be. And kind of like when I was a teacher or kind of like how I try to operate in the world, uh, besides just the basic information, I try to inspire people to travel the world the way that I think you should, which is with, you know, the utmost respect and interest and curiosity. 
And so, yeah. And I often get many good compliments like the ones that you gave me for, for doing my tours that way. And one of the things that stood out to me uh, about you was your ability to remember all our names and have personal conversation with all of us. And how to, so to me, respect for your customer when you mentioned that, can you talk to us a little bit about that, having respect for your customer? Sure. Uh, again, it kind of just comes down to my basic philosophy on life. Um, when, when I go to foreign countries, before I go, um, I try to learn the customs, the language, the foods, all the history, all the nature that I can explore while I'm there. And even more important, I try to find somebody that lives there that can help show me the country in a more authentic way than just going as a tourist in a tour bus with air conditioning. Um, and when I was a teacher, it was the same thing. You know, I worked with middle school kids primarily. I've taught every grade and subject, but that was my favorite uh, age group. And, you know, that's a really challenging age. And one of the first things that uh, I like to do is establish a relationship with people and uh, show them that I care about them and I'm interested in them as much as I hope they are in learning from me. So to me, that's just a key component of making your audience uh, prepared to learn from you. Um, and so you should have seen me when I was a teacher, Pam, if you thought I was impressive in the in the 12 person group we had imagine the first day of school, your middle school teacher has the whole room announce their names and then the teacher goes right back across the room and names them all right back to them. That will make a middle schooler sit up straight on day one for sure. Mm -hmm. and, and then they know you care about them, you know you individualize each person so uh, and I'll do this throughout the tour you know normally. Um, when I'm guiding all day, you know, people are able to interject and ask questions. And in fact, before I even finish picking up my people in the morning on my tours, I will try to get some basic information out of everybody, uh, you know, uh, their jobs, their likes, their interests, where they're from. And my brain instantly starts cataloging all the little stories I have that will relate back to their lives. So again, it's all just about building that relationship. And, uh, you know, I love traveling with Candace's groups. And so I... I put it in extra effort with you guys. Well, we appreciated it very much. And if you're um, if you're wanting to be a tour guide, what how do you what would you suggest to people that want to be a tour guide and want to move into that industry? What would you suggest to them on how to start out? Well, that's a good question. I'll tell you what, we certainly need some tour guides. I actually work for multiple touring companies. Um, I'm not only a, a land tour guide, and I work with the best tour company in the state, at least the largest and most established. Um, and that is basically a land-based tour guide company. I also work for the best river outfitters. I do my own tours. I'm a state travel writer. But the biggest keys to being a tour guide, I would say, is your passion for what you're doing. Uh, your ability to treat people as though they're family. Um, and then really being able to, you know, spin good stories and tell good information uh, that's not only accurate and factual, but, uh, you know, filled with the sort of uh, inspirational perspectives that make people want to go travel and treat the world better, both the people and the planet. And when when a tour guide starts out, what, what salary or what, how much money can a tour guide make starting out? And then how does that monetarily grow for the tour guide? I mean, just can you tell me the financial structure of that industry? Well, every company is different. Um, in general, uh, in a driving position, 
you're usually a self-contract, a self-employed contractor is usually the financial setup. So you're not usually an employee. Um, you know, that allows the company to avoid things like workers' comp and retirement funds and other things like that. It kind of simplifies it. On the other hand, you're supposed to take care of your own taxes. Um, and, you know, tour guiding is not the kind of job that you're going to become a millionaire at unless you think like me, where you find experiences to be more valuable than money. But in general, you start somewhere between $15 and $20 an hour. Companies vary. Um, and it's definitely a gratuity-based job. So the better you are at it, uh, the better you can expect to make in tips. And uh, I like to think I'm very good at this. And I basically double my wages in my tips. So wow. on a good day with a full van, um, you know, I can make two to $300 in tips on top of you know, 15 to $20 an hour. And then as you um, go through the industry, do they top out at a certain range or how does no. that work? No, it doesn't necessarily have a ceiling. Um, and a lot of the companies, because of the current state of things in our country, uh, have been raising their wages, you know, in an attempt to keep workers uh, and be competitive with, uh, with the economy as it changes. Um, you know, there's actually much higher levels of tour guiding that you can get to. I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a simplist. So I like to keep my life simple. Um, I don't want to create my own company, but other avenues you can get into besides a uh, creating your own travel company and creating your own tours would be to get certified at higher and higher levels uh, to start joining um, more national and international tour groups. Mm -hmm. So you start acting as an international tour guide or group leader. Um, and yeah, I guess the highest level of it would be to, uh, you know, reach all the national and international certifications as a tour company, uh, you know, and to get there, you generally need to be a master tour guide before you start doing your own thing. Uh, but like I said, the company I work for is the top company in the state, largest and most established. One of our owners is, um, in fact, on the board of commissioners for Travel Oregon, which is a very, uh, you know, good position to be in if you're in tourism, getting to have say and influence over our state tourism department. Um, but several of the guides that have worked for this company have branched off and made their own companies. So most of the other companies that you could work for in the Portland area have owners that were once guides for the company I work for. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's basically it. Um, it I was sort of interested in too. In um, are there is there an <laughs> is there an association in the United States that is in charge of, not in charge of but uh, helps all tour guides, or is there a national association of travel guides, or how does that work? You know, there there are, and I'm not really all that familiar with it, to be honest, Pam. You know, just like teaching. I didn't care about having my master's degree. I just wanted to be in there with the kids. You know, the difference that you make is when you're with the clients. Yes. So you can have all the fancy certifications you want. Um, to me, none of that really matters that much. I'm not in this job to get rich. I'm in this job to pay my bills. I'm in this job because I love it. Yeah. I get to do what I love doing and get paid to do it and make other people become more like me. It's the same reason that I was a teacher. It wasn't to help the kids. It was to make the world better. And the more that I could help people think like me, the more the world would become the way I want it. Yes, and you so, know, that, that is very important to people now when they're thinking about work and their job and every yeah. day doing something. They are, people are really interested in what is meaningful to them. So I think that is very yes. 
And I think more and more so, especially with the pandemic and the effects that that's had on people. Um, and I can tell you, Pam, my whole life, I have only had jobs that I love, jobs that I would do for free. That's if, somebody, if somebody paid my bills, yeah. That to me, what it's all about. I've, I've, the only reason I've ever tried to make money is so I could spend it on experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, I was happy to meet you on one of your experiences. It was great. And, that was a fun one. And also, on a typical, um, how do you get ready on a typical day for your um, tour? And then do you... Um, do you have to um, wear certain clothes or do you um, stop off for meals or do you brush up on where you're going or um, is everything, tell me about that. Well, with most tour companies, you have plenty of flexibility. Um, when, it's, when it's just me driving the van, uh, being a driving tour guide, um, I generally wear about what I'm wearing now, a collared shirt, uh, you know, pants and a fleece. If it's hot, I'm a hot guy. So I wear shorts and sandals so we can get away with wearing what we want, but you definitely want to like not give your, um, your clients a bad impression. You know, here in Oregon, we can be super casual and what we might consider, you know, decently dressed may not look that impressive to people from other parts of the country. So sometimes some of our guides, uh, go a little too casual and they'll end up getting comments on it, but I've never had that problem. As far as uh, my daily tours go, um, you know, I generally get up in the morning and I generally wake up ready to rock. I have some food. If there's any research that I can squeeze in before I head off to work, I do that. And then during my drive in to get the vehicle, I will just talk myself into positivity, regardless of what I'm passing along the streets. And we all know that it's kind of a, it's kind of hard to keep your positivity when you're driving through our city these days. Um, but I just always try to spin things in the positive direction. Uh, I can't remember what other questions you asked me, but um, as far as meals go, if we have a full day tour, of course, we stop and, and allow the customers to get meals if they want. And we usually try to take them to one of our favorite restaurants or a food cart pod or something else enjoyable. Um, I almost always bring my food with me, so I generally don't take a lunch break. Uh, I, I always prefer to use whatever non-client time I have to research more, to find out things about questions they've asked that I couldn't answer, uh, or just do more research or something else work-related. And have you... Um, and- and, you know, I, with the company that I work with now, even though this last year has pretty much strictly been driving and guiding, the company also is the biggest corporate tour provider. So when there are big groups coming to Portland, like conventions and stuff, groups of, you know, more than 14, too big for a, a, a simple sprinter, uh, we'll, we'll also be assigned as step-on guides. That means you, you step onto the bus and you're not driving or anything. You just have the microphone and you're doing all the talking. So you kind of you got a private bus driver, but you're the guide aboard. That's called step-on guiding versus guiding and driving. Um, so in a normal year, we'd be doing more of that too. And do you do um, most of your tours in Oregon in the west side of Oregon, or do you travel all across the state? Potential to travel all across the state. I did a couple multi-day tours with some private um uh, groups, private couples, uh, for example, a three-day trip to Bend and Crater Lake and back and everything in between. Uh, the company that I work for, am I allowed to mention their name? Yes. It's yeah. called America's Hub World Tours. It's owned by my friends, Dave and Debbie. I always like to brag that this company, which is not only the biggest and most established in Oregon, is also owned by a woman, Debbie, and an African-American, her husband, Dave. 
And so I'm big proud of that because I'm really into diversity. And being the biggest company in the state, they've actually branched out. So they have a Eugene branch as well. And they're working on a Bend branch. So this company in particular has guides that are stationed in those three parts of the state. So although I could go do tours further south or further east, there's generally going to be guides out there that sort of specialize in those areas. But I'm pretty good at the, the whole state. Um, here from Portland, we basically do uh, the Gorge, Mount Hood, uh, wine tours, either in the Columbia Gorge or the Willamette Valley. Um, the beach tour, the Cannon Beach area and back, uh, and a city tour. Uh, these days, we, we've been adding Oregon City to the Portland City tour. Um, I'm a big believer that Oregon City is destined to become the biggest tourist attraction in our state. And that's actually my... My other goal, besides being the best tour guide in the state, my other goal is, or trying to be, uh, is to be the guy that is uh, a master on Oregon City. Because as the Native Americans return to the waterfall and we b begin the whole uh, Willamette Falls legacy project, that's going to become the biggest attraction uh, to our tourism here in the future, in my opinion. So I want to be right there when it happens. I'm sure you will be. And do you anticipate as you get older that you'll continue to be a tour guide forever or what's your thoughts about longevity in that business you know i think so but i you never know you yeah. know i thought i would have been a teacher my whole life um and i've had many other jobs i ran a rafting company i was a sports scout i was a chauffeur and all of those kind of felt like things i could have done for a longer period but probably this job more than any, this in teaching probably feels like the thing I'm really meant to do. So, you know, like I said, I'm a world traveler too. So getting to work, being a world traveler in your own hometown and getting to brag all about it, you know, that's a pretty fun job. So I don't know if it'll last forever. Certainly physically, it's something I could do for a long time. Uh, you know, I do my best to constantly bring in more information so I'm not becoming a robot and just, you know, going through my stories without any passion or interest and making them, um, you know, variable and interesting every time. Uh, so it's certainly something I could do. I also have, you know, I'm a highly creative person. So I have lots of other little endeavors I'm uh, dabbling into, but right now it's pretty much all tourism being a tour guide, best tour guide in the state. That's my goal, Pam. And you are in my book. And right and on. Well, There's some other good ones out there. I, I would claim <laughs> that I'm tied with a few. No, you are in my book, but what was your first, can you just tell me about your very first tour, the very first tour you ever did? As a tour guide? Yes. Yeah. You know, again, that's kind of hard to put a finger on because when I was a chauffeur and I'm basically just driving people to wherever they're going and more often than not, that was to wine tours. There was a lot of time there. So I would try to become more than a chauffeur and start telling people stories. And sometimes they were totally up for that. And other times they weren't really interested. Um, my first, my first tour as an actual tour guide with this company, I'm not even sure where I went. I know the one I took for training was to the beach, but you know, I, you know, I have the benefit, unlike other people that may be interested in this job, I have all these skills that were built into me from being a, being the child of my parents and the family that raised me being a teacher. So I have, I have all kinds of massive experience with, um, uh, you know, people skills and being able to read people. You know, once you're a middle school teacher, you can read everybody like a book and you can tell exactly who and what they're about and what they want to hear about. It's, and that's the fun of it is to try to figure out, okay, how can I pull this 
person into my world and make them have fun. So you know, speaking specifics speaking, about my, my first tour, though, I don't even know what it was. It must have been the beach, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but you bring up an interesting point. Do you, because middle schoolers are very diverse personality-wise. Sure. Ever, do you ever have people that are difficult tourists or people di- that are difficult that you're trying to lead? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's rarely that they're like difficult, difficult, at least on a middle school level of difficult. But um, yeah, you know, every personality has their own, you know, positives and negatives. So I'll give you an example. Uh, well, by the way, you know, when I when I introduce myself uh, to my customers, I give them my whole my whole resume. I tell them who I am, what I believe in and all that. So they right away start to understand who who I am. And, um, you know, when I'm done going through all my job titles, I will literally announce, okay, now you guys know me. So you can take a nap, you can talk out, you can interrupt, insult, interject, whatever you want, because nothing's going to bother me because I used to teach middle school. (laughs) You can't teach middle school if you're going to have no patience. So so a couple of weeks ago, I had two couples, uh, both friends. Um, One of the gentlemen out of the two couples was extremely loquacious, extremely garrulous and talkative like I am. And he just wanted to interject in every single thing. And, and that's great, but all I do is just roll with it. And I just take every little thing that he throws in and make it part of my spiel and just, you know, you end up having these sort of masterful techniques to bring the audience back to where you want them to be. And, you know, all people, even uh, a- adults, uh, children, they're all doing the same thing all day. They're trying to find out where the boundaries are. Where are the boundaries of my behavior? How well can this person that's in charge of me show me those boundaries and keep me within those. So no matter who is, you know, interrupting or acting out or taking a cell phone call, you just find very kind and fair ways to say, yeah, let me know when you're done with the phone call. Cause I want to make sure everybody else hears the information. You know, it's totally okay to take a phone call if it's important, but you know, little tricks like that, where you're, where you're never upset, you're never reacting in a negative way. You're just rolling with it. That's kind of the beauty of tour guiding too, is uh, once you kind of assess your people, you kind of know how much info they want, how much they can handle, um, and you make them buy in. You get them to ask questions. You get them to uh, make connections. Anything you can to make them feel like they are special, and they are. Well, you did it with us, and we were I thought we were a very nice group, but, I mean, you just went above and beyond the average tour guide, and we really appreciated it. Right on, Pam. I wish you were with us on our first tour together with Candice, because that's when I got to do my main spiel. And I go, that's my big hook. That's my book. <laughs> so I really had the whole group bought in when they went to me, uh, went to the beach with me the first day. And I'm sure you saw that in some of your, uh, some of your fellow residents' uh, expressions when they were with me, like, uh, like, and when like, I guess, like Sue and Peg, they, Susan and Peg have been with me every time. And yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. They love it. Um, now, what was your very best tour that you remember? What is your very best tour, you think? Oh, boy. So far, so far. That I've ever given? Well, again, you know, you're, these are hard things to answer. Um, if I do my job right, people are thanking me and complimenting me at the end of the tour. And I often hear, you're the best guide I've ever had, or you have the most beautiful speaking voice, or you're really good at you know, I just get this whole array of compliments. You should write a book. You should write a movie. And to me, those are the average tours, you know? So that's what I, that's what I hope. And I 
I, I work toward to get my customers to experience. So I don't know if I could say I had one that was like, you know, better than any of the others. Some days I'm a little more on, I'm a little more off, but in general, I pretty much can do my whole show. Uh, even if I'm a little tired or not, um, you know, I would say my best tours come in the form of gratuity, you know, when they really hand me money as they say goodbye, then I know I've made them very happy and they're willing to give me even more. So, but as far as my favorite tours go, I love doing the waterfall tour. I love doing the beach tour. Mount Hood tour is fun in the uh, summer. I'm not a big fan of going up there in the winter or inclement weather because it's a lot of driving and there's not a lot to see going around Mount Hood. Um, I love the wine tours. I love everything uh, going throughout our whole state. It's amazing. The city tours too, even in, you know, it's not easy either when, you know, Portland looks the way that it does these days. It's very difficult to uh, try to describe the positives about the city when they're seeing such negatives. And they're also hearing a lot of negatives from the national news, both left and right. You know, they're hearing about our protests, um, lack of policing and all this other stuff. But I never have too much struggle getting them to spin around the other way and realize, oh, okay, they were hearing some exaggerated versions of the truth. This guy's telling me about the real Portland. And um, I was wondering if you had any advice for people that are thinking of changing their careers to tour guiding or just starting out. What, what would you tell them about the industry? I would say it gives you a lot of freedom. Uh, you know, assuming that's something you love to do yourself, you get to do something you love. Um, you can make very good money at it, especially the good guides. You know, they're the ones that get the first jobs and get the most work and get the best trips and get the biggest groups. Um, it's a great way to uh, expand your own knowledge of uh, at least our own state or wherever you're going to be tour guiding. Comes with a lot of freedom. You get to set your own schedules and, you know, your availability. Um, you know, working with half your income in the form of cash is not bad. Um, I just think it's a blast, man. I just do it because it's fun. And I just think it's awesome that they pay me to do it. Well, I've really benefited from you and your knowledge of being a tour guide because we had a lot of fun with you, Adam, and we learned a lot. And um, I just well, wanna... <laughs> I would, I would love to get more and more groups. If this podcast gets to the ears of other people that are interested in becoming guides, you can hook them up right with me. If they contact you, Pam, you can give them my info and I will connect them with the companies I work for. Um, and this is not just land guiding. I, I, like I said, I work with the river outfitters too. So if anybody wants to become a whitewater rafting guide or a kayak guide, and it doesn't have to be hardcore stuff either, you know, so we're not talking class five rapids or anything. Um, I also do my own tours. I'd be happy to help people develop their own tours if they wanted to do it privately through Airbnb or some other method. Um, well, that's a good point. So how do they get in touch with you? Uh, my name, Adam Thorne Smith is my, you can Google me and find me on um, LinkedIn, or that's my email as, as well, Adam Thorne Smith at Gmail, T-H-O-R-N, Thorne like a rose. Perfect, perfect. And the name of your company that you work the most for, again? It's called, uh, it's called America's Hub World Tours. I'd also like to plug the rafting company I work for the most, which is called ENRG Kayaking. And it's based in Oregon City. They do the waterfall tour as well as all the big rivers all around the state. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Adam. It's just been a pleasure to listen to your, all your 
interesting facts and figures and how much you love what you do. Thank you Wait so till, much. You're welcome, Pam. Wait till we get on a tour where I just start telling you my own personal stories. About <laughs> I've got Thank stories you. all over the world. Thank you so much, Adam. I really, really appreciate being with you. You're welcome, Pam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Keeping Current, the place where we talk about the ideas, issues, and trends that shape our everyday life. You can find out more about Adam Smith and several organizations with whom he collaborates. You can also find out more about Pam Brown and Wayne Potter's other interviews on the Keeping Current website. Remember, Keeping Current is spelled with two Ks. See you on the next episode of Keeping Current right here on SoundCloud and on your favorite podcast application.